I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. And I'm April, sex toy maven, VP of Hot Octopus, and I've dedicated my life to the business of sex. We're two people with a passion for educating and inspiring shame-free conversations about sex and relationships. Welcome Welcome to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to ShamelessSex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, Use coupon code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Shameless Sex Podcast. We are here with repeat guests. And I think we figured this out. This is her fourth episode with us, Keely Rankin. We were in person. Yes, in person. She Actually, came to our studio. She's on our show three different times. Never met her in person. Then she came here in person. And we love her. She is awesome. She's in all kinds of episodes with us, including episodes on orgasms, on erectile or ejaculatory control issues, all the things. And this one is on mindfulness and meditation and sexuality. Now, if you're like, blah, blah, sounds boring. Don't leave. Stay tuned because we can promise you. And yes, that's a big, big, big statement promise. Uh, But meditation and mindfulness truly does help sexuality, meaning your orgasms, your pleasure, your sensations, your focus on your partner, your partner's focus on you, your connection, all the things benefit from this there's no question about it the science is behind it there's even science behind so it so stay I, tuned i'm an actual such an advocate for and the byproduct of incorporating mindfulness into my life that's helped me because i have re- really bad adhd as a- you ADHD do is. um i can squirrel out all the time and it runs in my family so believe me it's not just me or me making it up it's been since i've been five years old the whole family squirrels and yes um and that being said i started meditating that's changed my sex life i didn't ever realize it took just a few weeks even before i was like whoa these 10 minute meditations every day have changed me and then keely very, she's very connected and so in tuned with other people. Really hit that whole factor home mm-hmm. during this during this interview. But it's not like too woo woo, you know. No, it's like it's, it's not. very real. And so yeah, stay tuned. We tell folks to leave the woo because yeah. we know our like, listeners yeah. don't love the woo. If you're bring woo, like five percent woo, okay? Five percent woo, thirty percent amazing. Five percent fuck yeah. April, I'm gonna woo you with this question. Okay. What tool from our book that we wrote that is coming out in November do you think will help people the most? Love this question. Okay, by far, it's the, we refer to it all the time, the connect tool. So Mm, the connect formula, the connect formula. And it's something that you can rely on again and again and again, not just for sex, but it's for especially geared towards having conversation, difficult conversations about sex and relationships. And there it's connect is an acronym and we're not going to read it now, but it stands for Every letter stands for something important that you can do and you can refer back to again and again throughout your life. I've used it actually uh, with so work helpful. situations or something. Yeah. Not with shameless sex work, but you know, work. And I'm like, wait, I've got to go back to connect. Is this a good time? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's really helpful when you're yes. like, I have to have this scary conversation and I don't know how to do it. Ah! And we designed this. Yes. We came up with it. Yeah. We went through a few different acronyms. Yeah. We're like, butthole? Nope, not a good one. Balls. Let's go butthole. Let's go butthole. <laughs> <laughs> connect was the one. And it's about connecting. So it's perfect. Uh, okay. Yes, I love it. So now back at you, baby girl. What 
is your favorite? Mine is hmm, do 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 <laughs> connect. Also, because it's just fucking awesome. I I really think that so many of the sex questions that we get, or when I have issues in my sex life or my relationship, it's about the conversations. It's about the communication. It's what are we not saying that needs to be said? That's really scary to say, or how do I say it? And is it the right time? And all the things. And so even I agree, I think it will be one of the most helpful tools from our book. I mean, there's so many, but I think that that this is the one tool that will apply to everyone. Like a lot of the other tools will apply to most people, but this one is applicable to every relationship. Or even if you're not in a relationship, meaning a romantic one, like April said, work, friends, family, all the things. And, Super helpful. Yes. Amy and I spent a lot of time working on this book because we wanted to make sure that it was something that everyone could benefit from again and again throughout their lives, kind of like the choose your own pleasure path or what based on the choose your own adventure, but you can come back again and again and revisit our book to get the outcome that you want in your sex life and also in your relationship life lives because sometimes it's not just going to be one partner or one similar situation there could be lots of different scenarios or you want to expand and explore different things so this book is something that's deeper than what the podcast can really even provide you which is why we wrote it yep so go and check it out please 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 if you love shameless sex go pre-order the book it really helps our sales which helps to get out there to more people meaning people who don't have access to shameless sex or to info about how to have shameless sex some people don't listen to podcasts period I know my dad was like what's a podcast yeah. I'm like oh he's so, like I've been telling my friends use a printed book yeah. well of course yeah. I, I made him buy one too I didn't make him I was like dad yeah give me a credit card I'll yes. it for you. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah he doesn't even know what the internet is I'm yes. not even kidding people so, yeah so please 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 go and buy the hardcover ASAP and if you do guess what we also will send you a exclusive workshop that's just designed for pre-orders that is us teaching you how to pamper your partner uh, so it's yours truly and guess what it's slightly pro- provocative so go do it ASAP like right now right now slightly provocative Highly informative, and we just finally received our hardcover. Our hardcover, so pretty. It's only going to be out in hardcovers, but originally we only had the the marketing version, the promo version of the book, so it was a soft cover, and it's so gorgeous, y'all. It looks beautiful. We and have the audiobook too, but if you get the audiobook, please also buy this too because it'll help us. Yes, all the, all the, the audiobook realms. does. You not can give this get as a the... gift if you don't want to read it. Yeah, everyone, everyone needs some shameless sex. Yes. Are you ready for a sex question? I sure am. I am a cisgender male married to a sexy cisgender female. I like how they wrote this already. (laughs) I am very, uh, so how he wrote this. I am very interested in anally penetrating my wife. And while she's interested, she is very hesitant due to having hemorrhoids. I don't have any experience with that, but I want to be sensitive to her comfort. Do people with this condition, hemorrhoids, just abstain from anal penetration altogether? Are there tricks that people with hemorrhoids can use to still be able to enjoy anal? Okay, so our dear friend that you know very well asked me this question before, way before this, that we recorded an episode on this. And I did that. I was like, Amy, we need to figure this out because it's true. People that have children get hemorrhoids. Some people just, there's people, a, a lot of people have ge- hemorrhoids. Genetics yeah. too, or, or just like having a bad di- poop session. Having a ba- bad yeah. poop. It is kind of inevitable sometimes to at least experience hemorrhoids at some point in your life. And that being said, she said the same thing that this listener asked in their question. She was like, you always talk about anal and I don't understand. Like I have really bad hemorrhoids. Like am I, can I, can I have anal sex? And I was like, I actually don't know if it's, I wanted to make sure it was safe and all the things. So I was like, well, hold the phone, please. We'll figure it out. So that yeah. that's kind of where the, we're leading into yes it's, it is possible it is possible and, and it is super common for people to have hemorrhoids so we uh we did episode number 275 painful sex hemorrhoids 
and solutions for more pleasure with Dr. Meredith Brzezinski. Specifically, we actually put a, a call to action out for this to find someone to speak on this. And she emailed us and we're like, perfect. We we're so happy to have you. And she spoke all about this topic. So please go check out that episode. Um, and yes, the answer is yes, someone with hemorrhoids can have anal sex penetration or other things. And the tools there that Meredith shares might be different from what I'll say briefly right now, which, uh, but they all go hand in hand. I mean, lots of lube, really good lube, like Uber lube, high quality silicone lube. Squatty potties. Squatty potties are really helpful to help you out with the squatting, but also going really slow, listening to your body, meaning the person that's the receiver. So for in this case, your wife, going super slow with her. In fact, maybe letting her be the one to like penetrate herself with your cock um, or like she's on a squat in a squatting position on your cock instead of you penetrating her so she can take her time. And if something feels painful, you stop, slow down or add more lube uh, because sex pain, sorry, anal sex. Yes. Discomfort is normal uh, and happens and is a part of it. And, and then until the muscles relax, you can feel discomfort. And then when they, when they relax all of a sudden you're like, whoo, I feel like the discomfort is gone now. It feels like pleasure, but pain is not something you want. So pain means stop, slow down, add more lube. Uh, and so if it's painful, you, you just stop, or maybe you try a different position or you try a different angle, or maybe today's not the day. And it's just about like exploration. And, and then last thing I'll say, and I think April has something to say about it. If your wife's super interested in it, it would be really helpful maybe meredith says this on the episode or we say that with her for her to explore her own ass with her again well lubed fingers to see what kind of touch feels good um you know how her muscles and the skin and the hemorrhoids etc responds to certain types of touch and and also in terms of pace etc and then she can bring that information to you and you can apply that yes yes i was just going to let everyone know that the story that I told had a happy ending about my friend because she did have pleasurable anal sex, Yay! even though she has hemorrhoids and it's not something that she, it's not her go-to per se, yeah. but uh, she took some of the advice and from other episodes and absolutely reported a good, a good experience, which hadn't happened before because she was also afraid. And a lot of the ways that people see folks having penetrative anal sex is in porn, which is a jab, jab, jab. Well, so that's why butt, <laughs> butt plugs, we've talked about butt plugs, but just a small plug. If you, if you yeah. want to try that on your own, that you can wear just a comfortable silicone, doesn't have to vibrate that you can wear on your own to kind of prep, like relax those muscles Yeah, that can help. And, um, booty, booty plug by fun factory, oh, yeah, purepleasureshop.com. You can get the booty plug. They make a small, medium and large and use coupon code shameless is, sex it, I, it's been the same they all work for shameless seven shameless years sex. and i'm still or six and a half years shameless like, 15 yes shameless they all work <laughs> okay they all work see yeah. there you go um and that that's something that you can get and that are incredibly helpful yeah. if you're going to go to a movie and put one in i used to say that Ooh. uh with, like when i was like okay i'm gonna try i'm gonna put a butt plug in i never had anal sex until January 2017, but I would do that before Your the anniversary. Yeah. Oh my God, it's coming time. up. Actually, no, it's only, well, it's not October yet. God, it's going to be October. It's going to be January very soon. So, so that, <laughs> those were the two things I wanted to add. I love that. And then, and then I think I said this already, but every day is different. So be gentle with yourself or with your partner. If one day the ass is like, woohoo, the next day it's different, then just go with that. It's the same without hemorrhoids. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I'm my like, ass, oh, hell yeah. no. And you sometimes I'm like, oh, that's all I want. Yeah, mind so, of its own, mind of its own. Right. And yeah. you just got to trust your body, learn about your body. The more you play, the more you know. Yeah. All right, y'all. Ready for bio, Amy? Oh, yes, I am. Keely Rankin received her master's degree in counseling psychology. She's trained in Hakomi therapy and recreation of the self. 
She specializes in facilitating deep erotic connections for couples and has been featured in media outlets such as Huffington Post and Oprah Magazine as an expert in male sexual struggles, where she created a premature ejaculation mastery video course for men to learn to last longer in bed from the privacy of their own home. If you want to learn more, visit KeelyRankin.com. All right, everyone, it is interview time, and this is a very special day in the neighborhood of Shameless Sex because we are in person with Keely Rankin, and we love her so much. This is her fourth time on our show, but we've never been able to do it in person. It's always been over Zoom, and so this time Keely is here in our Shameless Sex studio, in our Shameless Sex headquarters, and we are talking all about sex and about mindfulness, how to have better sex, how to have more connected sex, how to be more connected to your body. I'm sure orgasms and all kinds of juicy fun things, fun things will be a part of it. If you have not heard Keely on our show before, uh, she was first on our show uh, for episode 184. It's called Premature Ejaculation, Delayed Ejaculation, and ED. Also, episode 199, all about orgasms with Keely Rankin. And episode 268, how to find the right sex and relationship therapist or coach. So, wow, you have been on our show covering all kinds of topics <laughs> for all kinds of folks and all kinds of bits. And our listeners, maybe if they've listened to those episodes, they already heard a little bit about you. And in the intro, we already uh, read the, the bio with a little bit of information about you. But can you please share a little bit more about how you got to where you are today in the field of sexuality? Yeah, sure. I love that question because it invites me to reflect, which mm-hmm. is all about what this episode is, the mindfulness piece. Well, the story goes, I grew up loving to ride horses, was obsessed with them. And when I decided that I didn't feel like horses was the right professional career for me to go, the only thing I could literally read and stay awake to was books about sex. So I read Sheer Heights Report. Um, it's a really wonderful dictionary style book about male sexuality and I fell in love with the whole field. And I don't know. It's just from there. <laughs> <laughs> this this uh, dictionary style book changed your life? It did. It sounds yeah. kind of boring and bland, but it's sex. You just loved every minute of it. <laughs> well, I was reading it through Thailand when we were backpacking. Wait, what book was it? I missed it because my dog was being a jerk. Uh, it's Sheer Heights, the male, uh, what is it? I think it's like the study on... I can't remember exactly what the name of the okay. book the title was. But yeah, it's but yeah. It literally looks like a dictionary. Yeah, yeah, it was one of her first books she wrote. It was a hugely impactful in the field in the seventies. Mm. And I was backpacking through Thailand, and I was just reading it on these book on these on these bus rides because you get stuck on buses for like a really really long time over there. You just mm. be like, next thing you know, eight hours on this bus. Yeah. So I would just be reading it out loud on the bus to people and we'd all be talking about it and having discussions and I just felt so alive and I just loved the field of sexuality from the very beginning. Mm. And that being said, also in high school, I was a fairly good horse rider. So I was friends with people who were much older than me, given that I was taking lessons with people who were much older and I had a lot of information about sex. So mm. in high school, people would ask me questions and I just happened to know the answer because my friends had already told me all these things. So it was kind of like the go-to source of, you know, questions for all of my peers. You're the sex age. guru of, of, of high, high school. school. That's yeah. actually really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you had good information. I mean, I'm I sure. think I did. Yeah, I was good. very, I'm very uh, into the science of things like accurate information. So I feel like I gave some good advice. Nice. Well, I think that this, 
not only is the, this is the fourth episode with you, you're in our book. We quoted you a lot because Yay, you have great information out of high school as well. So, <laughs> uh, and that being said, I have just a deep respect for you. And you. you're a horse rider, an equestrian still, right? Uh, well, not so much anymore. I had a bad accident a couple oh. years ago and haven't, I've only been back on the horse ankle, twice. the ankle. The oh, ankle. man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, still, but equestrian when before before the ankle break that takes a lot of mindfulness. Yes, it is a huge meditation. Right, really, I have learned later in my life what aren't, that really was. Aren't yeah. horses known to be like like extremely present creatures? Yes. I remember yes. doing a actual. This is not related to sex, but a meditation retreat where this woman uh, Nicola Amadora was guiding mm -hmm. us to go put our hands on the mm -hmm. on a horse, and the horse was a little wily. But she said if you show up with full presence, mm -hmm. the horse will attune to you. Yeah, well, and all of a sudden everyone just grounds down all the people the horse everyone's like oh there we all are mm -hmm. yeah wow. yeah horses are really amazing amazing spirits for sure wow well that's why this is perfect because this episode is about mindfulness and sex which mm -hmm. you're probably i mean riding a human right you're riding a human <laughs> exactly or no, humans so totally hey. nonverbal communication right. connection making things happen how do we do all that which yeah. is yeah so ex so why is mindfulness having mindful sex important for folks out there. Right. So when I think about mindfulness and how it impacts sexuality as I think I'm going on, what am I, 12, 13 years in the field working with clients? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm starting yeah, to feel, yeah, starting to feel old, old decade, here. Over a decade of this. <laughs> yes. There's really, I tr truly believe there's nothing more important than having mindfulness when it comes to people being able to access pleasure and have good sex. You can learn a lot of skills. Those are quick, those are easy, you can read them in Cosmopolitan, you can go watch a YouTube on them. But when it really comes to, once you get past learning the basic skills, how do you actually have good quality, sustainable, fulfilling sex, whether that's a one night stand or that's a long-term partnership, it really, really comes down to the ability to be mindful. And when I think of mindfulness, I think of a non, it, I actually think of it more of a verb. It's a, an act of doing, a way of being, not doing people who are into Ooh, mindfulness yeah, yeah, by yeah. little yeah, like, oh, so we're doing. doing yeah being yeah, yeah. <laughs> right yeah right it's this way of being in which we are in the bedroom or with our partners or with ourselves or throughout life that is a non-judgmental awareness of what's happening inside of our bodies and so it gives us access to so many places when it comes to sexuality we all come with our own stories our own histories our relationship with our body and society and what we think we're supposed to be doing and what we're supposed to look like and what we think our partner's thinking. And what about this? I mean, we are just an endless barrage of thoughts and stories and messages. And the mindfulness is an opportunity to, to pause and to look in this non-judgmental. And I think a really big part of this is for sex is this playful, kind and loving attention that says, oh, what's actually happening here? How can I meet myself? And then we get inspiration and get to make decisions from that place. Mm -hmm. I like that. So what does, so comparing my, for people who are, because so, for some people they're like, what does mindful mean? Yeah. Or, um, or it might be a little bit like, oh, sounds scary. But so mm -hmm. like some basic examples of what having non-mindful sex would look like. Looking at uh, your watch. Could look like. Yeah, look at your watch. What time is it right now? Yeah, and I've, I have had both for sure. So I know my ex personal examples, but what would you say is, you know, what would look like if someone is, is not being mindful and having sex and what that sex could look like, whether it's with someone else or with themselves and then versus actually having mindful sex? 
Right. So non-mindful sex would be anything where you're lost in thought or not attuned to your sensations, essentially. Mm -hmm. The big piece that mindfulness offers around sexuality is the attunement to your actual sensations. You can feel what's happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if you're looking at your watch, you're probably not feeling your sensations. You're probably also not enjoying yourself. And maybe you don't want to identify that in that moment. Or again, there could this be a barrage of different stories like... um, I don't like the way my stomach looks. I don't like the way I smell. The endless list of things that people have to do or I didn't really want to do this, but now I'm doing it. I mean, there can be so many pieces that can happen. And the idea of having mindfulness isn't that it's always going to be an amazing and great and positive necessary experience. It's that you're fully present in that experience to notice what's going on Mm -hmm. and to make the appropriate changes for what you need. Mm -hmm. So it's also, I think one of the really common things that happens with people when they're having sex is they're like, okay, so first I'm going to do this Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to do that. And then I'm going to hit him him with this and I'm going to get him with my thumb and like, you know, don't do it. We already talked about that. ABC ABC is the opposite of not doing mindfulness. (laughs) Right. It's coming with this pretense of like, what's going to happen. Even planning, you know, I'm not going to have intercourse, right? It's like coming in saying like, I know I'm not going to do this. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have boundaries or set intentions. But I think what we need to come back to more often than not is noticing like what is happening right here in this moment and what am I inspired or called to do based on the experience I'm having inside my body, whether that means slow down and pause or that means moves faster or it means go in a different direction, that's sort of the way I look at it. Uh, there's been so many times over the course of my sexual career or sex sex life, you know, when I've been sexually active with other people that I'm like going in with with those preconceived things. Like I'm not having penetrative sex with you. We can do everything else. And then I get in my head of this is obviously before I started meditation, which has helped me be more mindful. And then also uh, just not going in to be like, what What does this person have? What are their tricks? Or mm. how are they going to turn me on? It's sort of dropping in. So I think that's a really... That's that's a good point because I didn't think of mindfulness as that piece, the boundary piece where you go in with these preconceived constructs, like you're putting yourself in a box. Right. You're not going to enjoy it. Also, I mean, this could have this. If you're not mindful and you're in your head, it could probably like not help hinder your um, ability to even maybe get an erection, oh, absolutely, or have your pussy be ready for anything, right? Where you're like, oh, I don't know, not necessarily wetness because that doesn't really equal turn on, but like arousal, arousal, right? Yeah. Arousal where you're just kind of there and in your, you could be a cadaver at this point where you're just like, oh, okay, I don't know. Right. Well, and if we look at orgasm specifically, arousal specifically, exactly what you're talking about when we start to think like, oh my God, my cock isn't harder. Oh my God, I'm not getting turned on or, oh my God, I can't find my orgasm where we've, we've lost. It's not that we've lost the mindfulness there, but that is actually a clue You know, I think mindfulness is this coming back over and over and over again. I want to say this as clearly as possible. It's not like you master this and then you never think about it again. It's catching yourself and knowing yourself like, oh, yes, sometimes I have a tendency to worry. How long is my orgasm taking or how hard Um, is my cock or whatever it is that you tend to worry about? And then to remind yourself, oh, here I am again in this loving, kind, attuned awareness saying, oh, here I am. I'm worrying again. Taking a breath, asking yourself, what does your body feel like? What feels good? And what do you need? So mindfulness isn't just being a pure 
complete uh, clarity of I'm just completely present in every single moment. I don't have any insecurities at all. I'm not thinking because I am like a Buddha of sex. And it is, but it's more of this. called enlightenment. Enlightenment, yeah. (laughs) As enlightenment, I want to be the Buddha of sex. But but instead it's, it's, I mean, it's little bits of that, but then noticing when you get pulled out of that and it's that observer piece and then, and then putting your, trying a tool, I assume of some sort to bring yourself back into presence. Right. Mm-hmm. Letting it be a, a, a waking up and an a, a waking up. It's like, oh, here I am again. And then with the loving and kind attention, yeah. you come back to something that roots you and grounds so you. So what can, what are some things that people can do to get there, even outside of the bedroom? Because yeah. I'm assuming that's a huge piece of this. And we don't have a, a questions lined up here. I'm just wondering because I can think of maybe two things, but I'm sure you have a, a, a slew of, of offerings that people can do, especially if they've never meditated or something before. Right, right. Yeah, I was thinking about what I wanted this uh, podcast to really embody. And I was thinking like, if just one person walks away saying like, oh, mindfulness seems cool and sexy. <laughs> like, I'm going to try this on maybe. Like, that was my hope. So yeah. I hope someone out there is feeling like this someone is already starting is. to get sexy. <laughs> I am. And, you know, there's there is many, many tools. And depending on where people are at would be sort of it it can it sort of depends where you would start. But I think the most basic essence of mindfulness is to be able to pause is to take a pause. And often the best thing to slow your nervous system down and bring awareness is a breath. So I really think of like if people start to feel disconnected, the best thing they can do is just notice they're disconnected, take a pause and take a breath and then just wait. I think mindfulness has a lot to do with waiting and listening, which is why it's seen as not so sexy. It's much more in that sort of releasing, letting go space versus the active doing space. Mm-hmm. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our carefully chosen sponsors. Please stay tuned and buy their products because we only tell you about what we love and what we truly believe in, and it helps keep this podcast free to you. But yeah, ask me more specific questions and I can maybe help you go. Okay. What about should you close your eyes or keep them open? Are there things like that you do to to tap into being mindful when you're when you're getting sexual with with others, I think. With the self too, but I think with others because I don't know, I, it's taken me a long time to get there to to back actually be mindful and sometimes I'm not. It's not right. It's not mm-hmm. uh, we quoted you though saying something which with the breath in the book about breathing into the asshole, mm-hmm. which yeah. does that work for for vulva owners too or is that mostly for penis owners? Is that can some can folks breathe into their asshole? Our editors were I'm like, "What right does this now. mean? <laughs> breathe into your asshole." Remember Amy when we read like, the book? Like, well, just like, imagine it. Yes, literally try breathe it. into yeah. your asshole. Yeah. Right. So the idea with breathing into your asshole. So any directed breath would be a mindfulness practice. So you could direct the breath anywhere you want. When we think of sexuality and the reason why we're directing breath into our genitals is to bring more awareness so that those parts can essentially talk to us. And the mindfulness allows us to listen. So the anal breath, specifically for men who struggle with early ejaculation, is a relaxing of the pelvic floor and a softening and a letting go. I could see a way in which that would be helpful for women if that is what I don't typically go there with women, okay. but I, there was no, 
unless we're exploring anal sex, mm-hmm. then yeah, absolutely. We're doing lots of like softening and breathing out of the asshole for anyone who's playing with anal. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I don't know. I have to think about it. I've, yeah. I have found that for me breathing into my pelvic floor, and so like I will sometimes use visuals, and I used to just do this in meditations that were not even intended to be erotic, but I like to bring a little bit of erotic into most things if I can, where I would imagine I was breathing into my pelvic floor, so my, my pussy, uh, and it would expand like a balloon. Right, right. And that, and when I do that, I feel it releasing, like my pussy kind of pushes yeah. down to the ground uh, in, like in that direction, which I can feel that. that is, so there's an opening and a relaxing, which is what mm-hmm. the anal breath does right. as well, right? And so I right. think if someone's feeling a lot of like tightness or... Um, Right, that would be that would be really helpful. Right, and the 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 vulva and the asshole are technically you can clench them in different capacities. The reason that I tend to prefer the anal breath with the with the early ejaculation is because it's just a little bit closer to the ground. Uh, okay. It's a ground more of a grounding breath. Yeah. So maybe that's the answer to the question. If someone is feeling really really ungrounded and there's pressure, like I've, if I breathe into my vulva, then I'm going to feel overwhelmed because there's a lot of tension there maybe actually breathing into the ass would be more helpful mm. so yeah yeah right. so if, you're like, okay. if you're ungrounded or is that like kind of heady like ah anxious yeah a lot of energy in the upper right. part of the body right. and breathing into the vulva is like yeah. oh my gosh oh someone's gonna want to do something yeah. there i have to tur- be turned on i yeah. g- gotta get turned on faster i don't know uh, i don't know what i'm doing that's yeah. a lot of energy that okay and then do you think using sex toys takes away from mindfulness or do you think bringing them in could be good I just want your opinion because I love them, but they can be distracting sometimes. You know, I think that so there can be a way in the, you know, some of the criticisms of like the mindful community is that there's this oversensitivity or this rigidness or like this is right or this is wrong. And I think it doesn't serve us Mm -hmm. to be so rigid about those particular things. I think it creates more insecurity if it's so rigid because you're like, I'm not doing it right. I'm not like everyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, sex is ultimately about play and mindfulness is a way to enjoy and engage in your play more fully. So I love sex toys. Sex toys are a big part of the way I play. I normally really encourage people unless they're like absolutely a hard stop no, which if they work with me long enough, we'll go back and revisit that. Mm-hmm. Depends on when that conversation comes up, whether <laughs> yeah. or not I'm going to go yeah. for it. Like how about the sex toys? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, some people just don't enjoy them. Like they just don't like them. They don't prefer them. But I think, again, I think this idea that like we have to be this one size fits all box. And I think that's what mindfulness does. It says like, let's stop thinking we have to be a certain way. And let's just be the way we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like and I think this this reminds me of what you were kind of similar to what you were saying, April, earlier about the eye contact thing, um, which I would like oh, to discuss yeah. a little bit more there. Because personally, for me, I feel like we're, we live in a time and with porn where porn stars are trying to like stare in each other's eyes. Well, unless they're like doggy style, not really. But then their heads right, like turn jobs or something too. Yeah, they're and, like, and they're like every, every, and they're not doing it in this way that's like, I'm deeply connected to you. It's like, this is what sexy looks like. Um, and also, though, there's also this idea that if you're really connected, you're always making eye contact. And for me, sometimes, if I'm having a hard time connecting to my own body, I need to go inside of in my body, meaning like mentally, emotionally going in, into myself while I'm engaging with a partner to like feel. Sometimes, sometimes I do need to close my eyes to feel my pussy, to feel my nipples, to feel their body. And then I can go outward again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like this dance for me. But can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, is that is that the dance? Is that a correct thing to do? Do we always have to have our eyes open for truly what enlightened sexual beings? Do? Yeah, what yeah. would Keely do? <laughs> it doesn't matter matter what I would do (laughs) turns out that's the whole point of this episode (laughs) so for some people closing their eyes is going to be exactly what you're 
able to use it for, which is moving into the sensations and connecting with the sensations, getting back into like, why are you actually here in this moment? And what do you want? And how do you come more fully present Mm -hmm. and come back out? The reason why we close our eyes often with mindfulness is because I believe 85% of our brain's awareness is what's happening visually Mm -hmm. if our eyes are open. So when our eyes are shut, we're actually able to access so much more. I could be wrong on that. Oh, that makes sense. It has sensory no, it deprivation, though. Right. We're, we're in a blindfold, and all of a sudden you feel more. Feel more. Right? Yes. You smell, smell more. Yeah, the smell. You hear yes. more. Yeah. Because sex isn't just about, I mean, it's all of these senses. We want to awaken all of these senses and use them for our pleasure and for guidance and inspiration. So when we close our eyes, oftentimes it's this access to ourselves that we get that then allows us eventually to come back out. But I wouldn't say like, well, first off, there's no one size fits all. And the idea that like you're going to find one way to have sex and that's always going to work for you is super, super not yeah. accurate yeah. your sexuality is going to change the ways you like to be touched is going to change the things you want to hear people say to you is going to change i hope it's ever evolving and i hope that mindfulness offers a tool that says that, that is like i can work with this and i can still access my pleasure and i can go on this journey of like what is my sexuality versus like well the porn stars do it this way or so-and-so said i should do it that way or this works for my friend karen or whatever Mm -hmm. right it's like coming back to yourself and getting out of this whole idea that it has to be a certain way i think it's really harming people actually it's really putting people in small boxes they're shutting themselves down you know they're just not having access to the full spirit of what sexuality can offer us here while we're still alive on the eye opening thing keeping your eyes open so i have some some interesting tools that i that work for me that are a little out of the box with i'm not if i'm having a hard time feeling present during sex one of them i'll go to the eye thing in a second but one of them is like if i say this to my partner i'm not feeling very present right now can you spank me? Mm-hmm. I can become very present. Really? But the, yeah. Pain, yeah. The, the pain, the engagement, oh. but I'm, but I'm consenting to it. So I'm not like, Hey, just do this whenever you feel like it, you know? So, and that can bring me to just being, being really present, but the eye contact thing, and this is kind of still, cause I, I'm more, a little bit into like the, the dominant submission world. And so if a partner, if I'm not feeling that present or if they want to check on my presence they're and if they're like, look me in the eyes right now, in, a, in a, like a demanding way, I'm like, okay, here I am, very online. And it, but if they're saying do this the whole time, then I'm gonna be like in my head because I'm gonna be like, okay, my this is a lot. But if they're like, I want you to open your eyes and look at me in the eyes while you touch yourself or something, I'll be like, fuck yes, here I am. I'm in my body. But so I, to me, I think of it as a balance of like of the kind of or the dance we're talking about, like going, you go in and out. I'm here and I can make eye contact with you. And then if I start to get in my head, oh my God, there's Keely's eyes. She's like, okay, now I'm nervous. Now I'm gonna close my eyes and go in my body, connect my body again, open my eyes again. And I don't know. I mean, some people might think that's awkward. I don't mind the dance. I don't know. Do you dance, Chip? Are you a dancer? Yeah, I think so. I, so I can't bring it back to meditation again. I did, I did a meditation this morning and they were suggesting to do an open-eyed meditation. Oh, like Zen Buddhism. And, and it's so hard for me because I just get distracted. I'm like, what's my dog doing? What, what's on the, t- what, what's over there? What's that? So I ha- like closing my eyes and I'm bringing it back to sex again helps me tap. I'd like to sometimes get a visual of what my partner's face looks like when we're in it. Cause I, I think that's so hot, but the audible of like the noises that are made are super, they're like even more of a turn on. They're super hot 
to have someone be audible mm. and so the visual i don't know i have to close my eyes a lot yeah but it's so probably going in, yeah, in and I'm out but maybe more yeah, yeah. yeah totally and one other thing i was thinking of keely and this is just an observation it, it, we live in such a digital age and our phones are always somewhere or people have their apple watches on or there's a million their children they have like the baby off. monitor yeah. in the room yeah, yeah. No, apple watches for sex it's <laughs> like but there's so many distractions and then your phone's vibrating or ringing and you're trying to drop in with your partner and, and have a mindful connection even intimacy right so it's like put the phones away i think and now if you have kids and i we, neither amy nor i have children mm. what do you suggest for the parentals out there you are a parental now too so you know <laughs> you are your two-year-olds and i'm not dodging that question but i just keep thinking about this comment you made oh. about not being able to keep your eyes open uh-huh. or like preferring to go back and forth yeah and like what if your partner told you you had to keep them like open yeah and i'm like oh my gosh should i get a hold of her partner and be like hey you know what you should try <laughs> you should just like tie her up like shabari style and be like you have to look at me the whole time and see what happens because <laughs> you want to be a little dominated oh yeah anyway that's a good one i'll i probably just like kind of crack up a little bit i'm like <laughs> I'm also yeah, brat. but what if you got a spanking? Oh, yeah. when you disobeyed. What if you got a spanking when you closed your eyes? Oh, yeah, you oh totally. Well, then I always win, basically. Because I'm, I'm also my my sub uh, persona is is a brat too. So got I'm it. like, I'll find got a it. way to fuck with you. But I like to top from the bottom. But anyways, yes, I like this. Well, I think, <laughs> but I think the pain is a really interesting one because I, the pain when we're in pain, we are very present. Mm-hmm. If you think about when someone if you're ever with a person who passes away or you're close to someone who passes away, there is a deep pain within you. And it's probably one of the most present times you remember. Like Mm -hmm. you just become very, very present in the experience of physical and emotional pain. Mm -hmm. So I actually think there's something really special about knowing about yourself that there's a little bit of pain when I ask that feels appropriate that drops me into to presentness. That's why I like getting choked, probably. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I like getting spanked, but it be the breath part too. Not, yeah. yeah. But not as much as I like getting choked. Or like a nice you, like, like nipple pinch where it's like like a mm-hmm. 10 and you're like, wow. No. Is it the choke where you feel a little constricted? Yeah. Yeah. I right. like that. Right. Because it drops you in because yeah. nothing else matters other than being alive in this moment. Right. And it's like, right. for me, it's, it's really hot. And there's a science to it, everyone out there. So right. you yeah. don't want to. Don't just go and yeah. choke yes. everyone. And we, you, have, we have whole episodes maybe I, I would, Yeah, I would do like a couple taps if it's too intense for you or have because sometimes you can't talk if you're getting choked. So right. have a have a methodology. And yeah, listen to some of the episodes that we've had on that because but it's fun. It's fun for me. That makes me real mindful. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. It just drops you in. Yes. Right, right. And so, I think that okay. this idea that like, oh, you have to drop in by closing your eyes and just like focusing on your breath, like it's whatever works for you. And mm-hmm. it's learning that and being curious and being playful and giving yourself space. I think that's really what this is all about when we bring it to sexuality. And back to your question, what do we do for The dodging people? of yeah, the parental, yeah. the parental question. Because I have so many friends with kids yeah. and they're like, I just don't have sex anymore. And I'm like, why? They're like, it's just, I'm, distracted. I'm just, I'm tired. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't have the, the energy. We don't, and, or we don't have time. And we I'm don't like, have if time. If you can go on Facebook for 10 minutes, I'm pretty sure you have time to at least be intimate you're in some way. You're scrolling on Instagram or you're shopping on Newly. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Newly. <laughs> we love Newly. <laughs> so becoming a parent has been a very, incredible journey and I feel so grateful that it's been something that's been able to come into my life and I'm still very much in it my child turns to next week from this oh, recording happy birthday. Aww, sweet. and in terms of a mindfulness practice like wow I mean there's just so much with having a child and in terms of sexuality I think what we don't talk about enough with parents is the amount of change that happens internally for each person I mean there's so 
much that changes in the way you view yourself and especially your sexuality, the way you engage with your genitals, the way you engage with that whole space of creation. I mean, we could, I mean, it would be a really long, we could do a very Uh, long. We could have another episode on this one. But that being said, like how do we bring mindfulness for new parents? And Mm -hmm. I think the the most important tool with the mindfulness piece for new parents is the the loving kindness. Mm is really, can you just hold yourself in the loving kindness? Because when you get caught in comparing, or I should be, or so-and-so is doing sex this much, and we're not doing sex, like you just, you run yourself into the ground. And most parents are already running themselves into the ground. Mm. They're exhausted, really, truly, genuinely not sleeping through the night. Like, I haven't slept, really, since I got pregnant, because yeah. I didn't sleep during my pregnancy. Oh, wow. wow. And you just, it, your world is just very, very different. And I think there's something about getting to know yourself, but you have to have your the the self-compassion piece. You mm-hmm. have to have the love and letting go of some idea of like, we're supposed to have sex this often. Or we're supposed to be intimate this often, but I do. And, and I would say there is a point where sometimes you do need to make the choice to move towards intimacy versus the tuning out because there is so much going on in the world of being a parent that I think going to Facebook or, you know, doing these things, it's just, it's easier mm-hmm. than, than doing the tuning like towards our partner. Num- numbing out. Numbing out, right. Out. Mindlessness. Mm-hmm. Right. And you don't know entirely what you're going to get when you go towards your partner because you're both totally different people now. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Like the world is, looks different. It's color different. Mm-hmm. Things are different. You're in a different club. Like yeah. it's just, it's a, it's a huge transformation. So I think first and foremost, it's honoring that transformation and loving yourself through it. Mm-hmm. And then I and then there comes this intention setting of like who do I want to be in this moment and how do I want to be as a partner? Mm-hmm. And a, you know all of my identities how, whoever whomever however you're identifying and is sexuality an important component and for some people I think it's not. Yeah. I think at the end of the day for some people sexuality takes a back seat with young children and that's okay too. 100%. Actually. You're totally right. I've had friends say that. I always like yeah. to ask my friends, like my close friends when they have children, tell me about your sex life. Like mm-hmm. I want to know because I haven't had that experience and I get a lot of, do the R&D, I get a lot of good mm-hmm. insight and it's just, mm-hmm. it, I think that you just had great advice. It's like be gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't punish yourself if you're not having sex. If it's something that you really need from your partner, I think there's there's some conversations to be had mm-hmm. if you're like, I really need to get fucked. Like, well, and I also finding time need, for intimacy doesn't have to be fucking right. or penetration. Yeah. Cause it, because, yeah, if you really only have a 15-minute window and you're dead tired, like you are exhausted, something that has a lot of like physical exertion and emotional exertion, like all of these things. I was like, that sounds like a lot. I'd rather go on Facebook or whatever it right. is you're doing versus, okay, what if we just like lay down together naked and let our hands move all over each other, maybe kiss a little bit, maybe we pass out or something, who knows? <laughs> but like that still to me is sex or intimacy and it can be really helpful in healing and is a, seems like a pretty mindful practice Absolutely, because it's just bodies being, there's being, not doing, right? We don't have, I think, and that's the other thing, like getting caught in sex having to be something we, have, we are doing, have to do, we have to do it a certain way or a certain amount of times versus Let's just show up and be together and see what happens. Be a human being, not a human doing. Yeah. Time for a quick break to talk about one of our sponsors who just so happens to be our absolute favorite lube, Uber Lube. Uber Lube is a luxurious silicone lubricant and it enhances intimacy. It's there when you want it and it blends in when you're done with it. So you have control over that lube. It's long lasting and leaves the skin extra velvety. And honestly, y'all, I want it all over my body. Thousands of doctors in the U.S. are recommending Uber Lube to their patients. It's body-friendly, less likely to change the pH, and it has vitamin E, so it feels extra moisturizing. 
There's a reason why we've been a fan of Uber Lube for years. There's no flavor or scent. It's even great for oral sex, everyone. But it's not just great for sex. You can use it for massage, your hair. You can prevent chafing. It even brings out the colors of your beautiful tattoos. And the bottle is absolutely gorgeous. It looks more like a cosmetic, so you can leave it anywhere shamelessly for easy access. Just go to uberlube.com and use the discount code SHAMELESS10 to get 10% off and free shipping. Again, that's U-B-E-R-L-U-B-E.com right now with code SHAMELESS10 for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast is also brought to you by OMGS.com. Join over 1 million people who are experiencing more pleasure with OMGS. They take scientific research of thousands of vulva owners showing techniques to pleasure that pussy. They turn this research into tasteful, educational short videos, animated modules, and infographics. OMGS is for anyone who wants to learn about vulva pleasure or take it to the next level. Want to take your orgasms from good to out of this world? Then check out OMGS. Or if you're a vulva lover and want to up your pussy pleasuring skills, then you need to check out OMGS. I've personally been recommending OMGS to my clients for years, and it's completely changed their lives. They have three seasons, external pleasure, internal pleasure, and sex toys. It's not a subscription service, and you don't need to download a thing. OMGS also makes a fabulous gift, and your purchase supports more pleasure research. So just go to omgs.com shameless to get 10% off right now. Again, that's omgs.com shameless to receive 10% off unlimited access towards enhancing your pleasure power. The link is in the episode's description. All right, I have a question about fantasy, though, because mm. I think fantasy can be a little tricky for people it because is. it's I'm in, so happy you brought this up. Yeah, it's, it's fantasy is my favorite. Really, with mindfulness. I love fantasy. <laughs> you it's love so fantasy, too? Yes. Okay, Ooh, well, yeah. for mindfulness, though, because a lot of people are like, okay, so you're in your head with fantasy. So that means if I'm in my head with, fantasizing when I'm touching my body or touching a partner, am I not mindful? Right. Okay, so a couple of things here. And I'm going to try and keep this quick because I could talk an hour on this. Um, <laughs> you just come on the show every weekend. <laughs> I know. I'll just move down here. Yeah. It'll be great. You guys know how babysit. Yeah. Perfect. Um, my child's lovely. Um, <laughs> I miss him. So when I think about sexuality, I, I use a model that I created. I, I call it the balanced human sexuality model. One day there'll be a better name for it. And there's sort of three. Say it again. The what? Balanced human sexuality model. Oh, okay. Okay. I know. It's a tongue twister. So if anyone has a better name. Might be a know. good acronym for that. I'll have to spell it out and see if I can come up with something. Okay. <laughs> So I, I take a circle and I divide it into thirds. One part is erotic embodiment, which, you know, it's exactly what we're talking about here. It's like this mindful sensation place, like mindfulness really lends itself. Another section is the intimacy space or the love category. And again, bring, we could totally bring mindfulness to relationships. People understand that. And another category is anticipation or fantasy. And I think when people think about that, they think about that. And so they're in their heads. But what's true about the way we can align ourselves up in mindfulness is that the erotic embodiment is the genital centered part. So it's breathing down. It's the ground. It's like, how do we get into our pelvis? The relationships love component is our heart center. And the fantasy is the awake head center. So Mm. there is being in our thoughts and there's being awake. Mm, Those are two different Mm. things. 
when I think about fantasy or when I bring in fantasy with people, it's not about let's create a fantasy prior. I mean, they're setting up scenes, right? But really good scenes have a level of impulsivity that it's just there's a creative flow to it. It's not completely scripted. It's not a movie scene. It's really spontaneous and it just shows up because it just flows naturally. And that's the awake, alive state of fantasy mm. versus like, like the curated, okay, I'm going to say this and you say that and then you say this and you say that because then you're actually not in an, a mindful, awake state. It's like reading a script or something. Right. Like when, so yeah. when we bring in fantasy, one of the exercises I use a lot is like you close your eyes, you take a deep breath, a couple deep breaths, and then you notice that there's three doors in front of you. Normally give people three doors. Mm. And I say, I want you to walk and open a door and see a sexual scene through door one. Ooh. And then you go to door two and you open and you see a sexual scene, close the door, and go to door three and open, see a sexual scene, and close it. So it's like not doing too much with it. We're just sort of like peeping in the doors. Mm. And now we explore. Okay, so here's these three doors. Do you want to walk through any? Are you curious about any? Normally people are like, yeah, yeah, actually, like, you know, I want to go through door two. So you go through door two and then you say, okay, let's just be here. What do you see? What happens? What's fresh? What's new? That's an alive, mindful fantasy place mm -hmm. versus like, trying to get to somewhere or say the right thing that we think is going to be sexy. Now this gets does get more intricate when we we bring in partners and they people want to hear specific things. So it is a balance between like learning new skills or trying things on and then coming back to mindfulness and finding the flow. But I do truly genuinely believe that mindfulness and fantasy can completely go together. Okay, so if I'm having sex with my partner and I am in breath I, well, I am a brat. That's already a given. I'm already a brat, but I'm envisioning. My, so in my mind, I'm, so maybe I'm not speaking to it to them. So say I'm not speaking about what's in my mind and we're having sex and in my mind, I'm playing out some scene of something that here's an example of a scene that I think I recently used in last month, which was actually, I was, I was, and this is while I was having sex with my partner, partner, if you're listening, <laughs> this is a fun one. I didn't tell you about this. Uh, surprise. Uh, I, my, the fantasy I was using in my head was actually someone else fucking me. My partner's in the corner watching and directing it all and like saying all these things, mm -hmm. like like uh, like directing the, the whole scene. But I was using this in my mind while having sex with my partner. Was I not being mindful during that time? You know, this is an interesting debate that I've had. So my colleague and I have ran mindfulness workshops for the last couple of years. And I lean towards you are being mindful with yourself as long as all of that information that's coming up in your mind is fresh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, some people would say you're not with your partner there. You've oh, he was there. He was in the room in the corner. <laughs> right, right. But you're not paying attention yeah. to like what's actually happening. Exactly. So therefore, you're not mindful. I yeah. don't hold that rigid of a role around yeah. mindfulness. Mm -hmm. I don't think it serves anybody, again, to go back to this like rigid space. Mm -hmm. I think if somebody showed up in my office and said, I'm doing this thing and I think it's causing me a, pro a causing a problem then I would say, okay, so how do we how do we bring your partner in to bring them into where your brain is going during sex versus saying, let's get you out of your fantasies. You shouldn't be thinking about that. I mean, again, it's another shaming culture totally. piece and is trying to dictate the way you're supposed to be during sexuality. Yeah. So again, if you don't have a problem with it and you feel like it's fresh and you're connected to it and it feels good and you don't think it's driving a wedge between your partner and you and you're withholding information, yeah. you know, I think that is potentially where the, the areas of difficulty come.
in yeah. my, from my perspective. Yeah, and I would, and I think what what I was doing this moment too as well. It, the, it was like envisioning my partner watching, saying things, and I'm having sex with someone else. But it, sexy, but it, by the but, way. But I it also is, do that. It was super hot. Yeah, super hot. But what's all, what was interesting is the the way the the person I was envisioning having sex was moving was the way my partner is moving with me. So they were kind of the same person, right. but I but my brain was separating them in this in this visual. So I, I was able to still like be present with all the the movements and the sensations, yeah. but I was just like adding a twist to it right. and it just came to me in that moment i didn't think about like oh you know tomorrow i'm gonna do this whole hot wifing fantasy or cuckolding or whatever no it wasn't cuckolding because he was actually in control in the corner it's more like hot wifing but yeah I, I have heard that, that like that you know if you're using fantasy and it's not about your partner then when that's not presence and that's cheating oh, which wow. is bullshit the cheating, yeah, oh, like, that's like, like puritanical shit. let's just highlight that like you can fantasize about things that don't have to be something one that you actually want to do or two yeah. your partner so keely is it bad or, or cheating if i fantasize about someone else that's not my partner when i'm having sex what would keely do yeah right so when i talk with people about going back to the model uh, the balanced human sexuality model and i talk to them about what is a full realm of fantasy look like like how do we know when we're fully expressed in that category because the idea is to have balance in all three of those departments so when i sit with a new client i typically assess like okay and I'll talk to them about this. I'm not doing any of this like covertly like top down therapist style. But it's like, you know, here's here's my here's a model I normally work with. Where do you think you fit in? What do you mm. think is happening? And then I'll and then I'll let them sort of share. And then I might add some pieces on that I've seen as we've talked. But so when it comes to the this anticipation fantasy category, I say like there's things that we definitely. I draw a line. People can't see me, but like imagine <laughs> a line. Mm-hmm. And to the left is things that you definitely want to do before you die. Like, you know that that is something you want to explore. And then to the right is things that you never, ever want to do. Like, Mm -hmm. you are super turned on by them, but you're like, that is not something that I would actually put my body in or actually want to do. And then there's a ton of things in the middle. And so I think to have a full experience of anticipation and fantasy in that space we need to fill that whole space out and have things that are like yeah that turns me on and I would never want to do it and I actually think have some things in there that scare you a little bit Mm. that maybe you're ashamed to admit or it feels scary to talk about or you're like oh my gosh if someone knew that like they might judge me differently or think of me differently when we get to that level of exploring fantasy then I think we're really in the space of of opening it up Mm. because otherwise we're limiting ourselves to maybe what we think is appropriate and fantasy I mean this is way far from mindfulness but like fantasy is not about being appropriate it's not (laughs) about (laughs) it's and it doesn't follow the rules of society Mm. at all it's just it's what's in your brain that turns you on and again can we stay connected in the moment to follow that and I think mindfulness that's where mindfulness would add in is like can you follow the curiosity in a non-judgmental way to just see like what would be sexy for me here and surprise yourself yeah that's good I mean I, I just want to yeah. speak to not having not having to necessarily voice your fantasies either mm, no. to your partner because I get shy yeah. even in even I love talking about sex but when it comes to talking about my fantasies mm-hmm. I mean there's been times where I've had partners ask me what, what do you fantasize about and I just like, shut down I'm like I don't know and I don't want to tell you because it's like the spiral it's on the spotlight very vulner- yeah. it's very vulnerable number one and number two there can be shame in it because mm-hmm. you're like is that bad that I have this step parent fantasy and mm-hmm. I don't want to have sex with any step parents but right. I just there's something about it that's taboo and wrong right? right and I used to have the milfs I used to watch milf porn and I wouldn't mm-hmm. tell anybody it was just like my secret when I was mm-hmm. like 
in my teens. Mm-hmm. And look at you here talking. Yeah, about now this. I'm talking oh, about now it. She's talking about all things. Well, yeah. and my partner, I used to watch this taxi cab porn, and and porn's like a very private thing for me. Like it's mm-hmm. hard for me to watch it with with my partner. And he's always like, "Why don't you? Why don't you want to watch porn with me?" And yeah. I was like, "I don't know. It's like a very private thing for me. I'm not opposed to it. Eventually, it's like on my maybes sometime. I want right. to explore watching porn with partner. But I think I think about my insecurities of like, what is he gonna think right. about me when I'm watching the porn and what I'm doing so I get in my head and Mm. that is not mindful which is why I'm just like nope I have to keep that over there and there are fantasies sometimes when I'm when I'm banging out my partner that have to do with him but usually him fucking someone else yeah some yeah some twists and right? i'm not in it and yeah. i'm like watching and i'm like oh that's hot because mm-hmm. it's so like it's not it's not about me it's like watching that and i don't usually even tell him about that either like, i used to have fantasies i'll tell you right now he keeps hopefully he won't listen but about him fucking his ex-wife like in front of me and i would, and it would turn you it on. would turn me yeah. on and then afterward i was like that was interesting because i never want that to happen <laughs> yeah. and i'm not going to tell him about that yeah. so <laughs> shameless admission not trying to plant um, some seeds <laughs> yeah so i I just like the I don't know almost you you gave me permission mm-hmm. to it's okay to fantasize and not think about my partner and I could and I'm still mindfully having sex with him and enjoying mm-hmm. my experience with him well, in it when he's fucking you but you're envisioning him fucking his ex-wife you're you're basically the yeah. ex-wife getting fucked or, or fucking yes it so hasn't been a lot things, that's yeah. like a, right when we started hanging out like yeah. what when we started when we got together that was a thing because I don't know there was just I it was almost like me taking the power back yeah. because his ex-wife's gorgeous and she's amazing and mm-hmm. so Super sweet, and I was just like taking the power back, like, "Hey, I'm watching you two fuck, and I'm enjoying it." Yeah, so taking the power back in fantasy could be really cool too. Huge, huge. I mean, fantasy has so many gifts to it that I think we we kind of put it in this box of like naughty, wrong, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't mean that in like a fun, sexy way, because obviously naughty and wrong can be fun and sexy. Yeah, but like this really, like genuinely, like shameful space and there's this way people cut off from their fantasies unfortunately or they or they withhold them from their partners and yes there is reasons to not share and you know i think if you choose to be in a long-term partnership with someone over time i often do encourage people to share not in the act of sex like but like hey i want to talk to you about some of my fantasies and you actually touched on one of my biggest pet peeves which is when people say like oh tell me what you want or yeah. tell me what your fantasies are it's hard that's so difficult to well, do for, i don't i don't i have like i give like a big lecture when this comes okay up. <laughs> okay good because i'm like oh my gosh yeah, it's like i have a guttural reaction of like i have had so many partners do that too like tell me what you want and i'm like first off now you're putting me on the spot. I wasn't even thinking about telling you what I want. Right. I wasn't just like sitting here with a list in my head of like things I was thinking I wanted you to do. So when I normally guide people around that, I say like, if you're curious about that, you go first. Mm. So mm-hmm. I really want to know about you. Uh, like I want to tell if you're available or if this is a good time, I'd like to tell you a little bit about some of my fantasies outside of the bedroom, outside of the bedroom. And then you share whatever are some of the things that are on your mind and normally start like low stakes and move up to see how people are able to integrate that information or fill them in on some educational gaps. And then say, you know, I'd love to know about yours when you're ready. I'm here. I'm available. It's ongoing conversation, but not like, tell me about your fantasies. Like Mm -hmm. I just, or the same with like what you want. Like how do you want to be touched and things like that? Things like that. Like I'm, I've been thinking I really want this. This would feel really good for me. I'm available. I'd love to know about the things that you want. It often takes people time Mm -hmm. to warm up. What's, what's true is like, sometimes people know, sometimes they genuinely don't know. Yeah. Honestly, I actually, the the reason I created the balanced sexuality model is because I had no fantasies. Like mm. sitting in the sex course and I was like, what are, 
what are these people talking about? Like, mm. I fantasize about being on a beach with a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> I was That's like, what I'm fantasizing about I was right like, now. I just like could not figure out what was happening when people were talking about that. And that was where I kind of came up with this model, this idea. And I worked really, really hard for like 10 years to figure out what my wow. fantasies were. Yeah, mm. I can't wait to hear. I'm not going to ask you what it is. Hot wiping fantasies in there. Right. Yeah, it is. Expanded. I, just, I keep picturing like having a whiteboard in your house where yeah. you're like, all right, fantasies. Yeah. Let's share fantasies. Laser pointer, like yeah. no, fantasy Exhibit number a. one. This is what I want. So April do the PowerPoint. Yes. Yeah. And then exhibit B. Yeah. This is what I'm not into. Yeah. This is the maybe. Yeah. Here's the maybe. Here's list. the maybe list. But you might just have like a home. Well, that example of someone My husband saying, would love that, by the way. Oh, yeah. Be well, like, okay, this one today. Yeah. That example of what you're saying <laughs> with someone being like, what do you want is very much like, you just you go in your head, right? right. So there goes mindfulness. There goes right. your ability yeah. to be present. Because right. now you're thinking, oh, shit, I, gotta, I have to answer this. I have to come up with something. Oh, no. You know, so that's like the opposite right. of what you're right. trying to right. obtain here. Right. If you have questions about what's going on in the bedroom, we ask specific questions. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. we want me to go harder or softer Mm -hmm. do you want me to go this way or that way are you open to me going down on you right we ask specific questions not like what do you want unless you know your partner really well and you know that they have a very clear sense of that and that that question doesn't send them into their head and they yeah. can just be like yeah this is what i want yeah then which like, most oh, people are not that way no. totally yeah yeah when people have asked me in the past I'm like i don't know try right. something so yeah. i'm just like right. i'll let you know if i don't like it or it doesn't yeah. land i yeah. don't know where people came up with that question because it doesn't land for i always I, I would always deflect and say i want you clearly mm. and they're like i don't still don't know what that means exactly and then i'm like deflection hello i wish and we could all see your body language when you said that yeah she, kinda, she really looked, she was looking kind of pissed off yeah, yeah she's like god why do you ask me that fucking question it's been a while yeah. since that that's happened yeah. or it's like i want you to shut the fuck up and yeah. fuck me. yeah like can we get over the talking this is not what it's about okay yeah. for me right now uh we need to wrap up soon but i, I wanted to bring back to the mindfulness because we, we talked about you had some really good tools there so for folks who are new on this path and they're now listening to you, they're like, okay, mindfulness can be sexy and I want to learn more about how to bring this into my life. And I heard you say that it is unlim- what I'm hearing unlimited ways and it's right. up to you. We were talking about kink and as a, an avenue for it and, all, and within that so many outlets. Um, but what would be kind of your top advice for someone who wants to start bringing this into their own sexual practice with their own bodies and partners? Right. So number one is slow down. Mm. Just slow down. And remember that mindfulness is more about listening, which is going to take time if you've been overriding all of your listening skills and the, the body's not speaking. There's a chicken outside. Yeah, the chicken! <laughs> clock, clock, clock. Uh, Shameless sex mascot. Yeah. <laughs> She's very mindful. <laughs> so, you know, it really comes to this, the, down to this piece of like, how can you slow down and be with your body? So if that's breath, if that's closing your eyes... There's no one size fits all and you'll need different things at different times. And I think the biggest piece to take away from this is that it's an ongoing, it's an ongoing practice of turning inward and slowing down and you'll do great at times and you'll feel really connected and aware. And other times you'll be like, I have no idea what was happening or you won't like what you find sometimes too. You know, there, there's so many resources now around mindfulness in terms of like books and podcasts haven't found great ones necessarily yet around sexuality. Here we are. We're yeah. a great one. You're going to write one. I know what you are. <laughs> yeah. there we go. Um, so, but we can apply all of the mindfulness tools. Like you've been talking about your meditation this morning. I meditate this morning as well. And 
we can apply those to sexuality, like we can bring them in. So when you do a body scan, you can bring also your genitals in. It doesn't have to be just because the person teaching didn't mention your genitals or the yoga instructor didn't mention your genitals. You can bring that in and then we're applying it. We're just applying it in our erotic worlds, really. Mm. I would love to, on the Calm app for them to add, add like an erotic meditation. That would be really cool. Yeah, they just, I think, yeah, they need a they need a a section for yeah. for dropping into your erotic self. Yeah, because the Calm app is what helped April like change April's it, life. It, it totally day. changed my life, and then they became a sponsor after yeah. I was so Go to excited. Calm. Slash shameless sex. Yes. shameless. Mm, one of the two. I think Check it's it shameless. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's I've had it for I think maybe like seven years. Yeah. I don't as long when it first came out, I got it. So however long ago that was, and it's changed my life. I just do the ten minute meditations, mm-hmm. and there are people that are that are super into meditation that say you need 20 minutes. I think any amount, if you could do five minutes, two minutes just to shut down, it's so healthy for your brain. And that has changed my sex life. And, and for the, for the better, I can tell you that much. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. You don't really relate those two things because you think about yogis and I don't know, People that are, who else meditates? Mostly yogis people, right? A lot of people, yeah. A lot of people are meditating, yeah. Yeah. Like the quintessential people, or you think about a hippie world or something. And for me, it's it's an essential part of my every day. I meditate every day. And if I don't, I notice a change in how my day goes. I also run at a very fast pace. And I notice just in my daily life, like today I spilled like water all over because I was just rushing. I was just going really fast. I wasn't being mindful. And then I had to have a conversation with myself uh, (laughs) about slowing the fuck down. It's like, April, just take a minute, ground yourself, put your feet on the ground, get out of the heels, put your feet on the ground and just take a look at what's Mm -hmm. around you right now. What color are the bricks? What? Mm -hmm. And that really helps. And then you can bring that to the bedroom. What does your partner smell like right now? Mm -hmm. Or how do the sheets feel? How how does their skin feel? If they have a bald head, feel that bald head. Um, <laughs> they have a bald head. If they have hair, grab that hair, but not not Amy. Amy doesn't like that. I think the general just piece that you're talk, talking about too, like when you said that, like you can do a body scan and just like focus on your, feeling your genitals. A lot of people have only like experienced feeling the genitals with their hands, right? Like, I mean, they've experienced otherwise, but they don't really know they have. Right. Whereas we all have the ability, like right now, if I could just focus on like the, my vaginal canal, I can feel it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not touching it, but I can feel it. But a lot of people haven't taken the time to actually do that. And, and I found that to be really helpful right. in sex when I'm feeling disconnected to my body, when I'm starting to, to a self-pleasure practice, starting to touch myself. I would not, I'm not just putting you know, a sex toy on my body. I'm also trying to feel that part of my body too. Right. And they're kind of working together. Yeah, there's so many components of it. Really, it's yeah. a big wide world that we could, yeah, designate like mm-hmm. a whole entire series of podcasts. So basically about. every morning you should meditate on your genitals and your asshole. <laughs> Yeah, just bring it into your meditation. Even yeah. if it's with the call map, you can yeah. just be like body scan, genitals. Right. Here it is. Right. And Butt then hole. how do you apply it when when you're moving into the erotic space? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that. Love Music it. always helps too in the erotic space for mm. me or some sort of some sort of background, something that just shuts out the punk, punk rock for sure, huh? Well, uh, no. Metal. Yeah, heavy, yeah. No. Something gentle and sexy. A little Frank Ocean. Yeah. Get your body Channel moving orange. a little bit too. Hey, it is. That is a sexy. A sexy playlist helps. I don't mm-hmm. know. Or mm-hmm. some candles. Yeah. Maybe leave your dog out of the room. Kind of distracting. Yeah. <laughs> right. Setting tone. I think when I think of setting things up, it's like you're setting the space for the intention, which is like to turn towards yourself, to turn towards your partner, to turn towards your pleasure, and to say yes mm-hmm. and see what's there. Yeah. I love that. 
I do too. I feel very We're mindful. Keely back here just to talk about what we have. A, we, have we have to do a podcast on parenting and sex. We have to do oh a podcast God, on yeah. more on fantasy. We haven't done a podcast on parenting and sex. Yeah, we'll have Keely back for that that's one. That's important. Yeah. It's like, okay, give me a yeah. little bit of time. Yeah, yeah we'll give yeah, you some time. Yes, yeah, 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 maybe when your kids four. <laughs> yeah, 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 tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. When I'm out She's of like, this, I'm still not sleeping. Yeah, we'll give you a couple years to sleep. We love you so so much, Keely, and everyone who's listening. Keely is in our book, heavily featured in our book, actually, because we love so much of what Keely shares. Uh, Keely's an incredible human with so many offerings for the world. Uh, so if you want to check out Keely and her book, go get the Shameless Sex book available now. Well, for pre-orders, uh, you can go get it on our website, shamelesssex.com. But Keely, can you tell our listeners more about how they can find you, work with you? Are you taking yes. clients? Yes. All the fun things? No. I, so yeah. yes. She's like, no, <laughs> no. I will not answer this question. <laughs> uh, yes, the best place to find me is at my website, which is www keelyrankin.com so that's k-e-e-l-e-y-r-a-n-k-i-n and you can also find me on all the social media platforms under my name and um, I guess I want to give a little plug too I'm I have two wonderful mentees that have been working under me for about two years now and I'm going to take two more on come January so if you're thinking about expanding your practice into sex coaching please come contact me i would love to talk to you just shoot an email right saying fit. that they're interested there's actually a, a form okay, on the okay go into the coaches section and you'll see it but okay yeah so um it's a mentorship program that um is really wonderful i love it so much i'm so excited with how my, my mentees are working with people it's um, incredible to be able to reach more individuals. And if you're interested in working with me, yes, I do currently do still have working through my COVID wait list. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. Sometimes people can't make the times that are available work. So if you're on my wait list, you never know. And you have your on. online workshops though still, right? I have yeah. online workshops. Yeah, uh-huh. I have a bunch more coming up yeah. in the next six months or so that so. we're about to launch. So it's really exciting. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing you in person. We've only I seen know. you on the screen all these years. And yeah, you're wonderful. Oh, in person, you. such a good, Such good energy. I'm feeling a lot more mindful. I feel my genitals right now. They feel fabulous. Me too. I've been I've been doing some kegels just to drop in there. Like, yes. I like doing like a little like visual spiral, a little Ooh, visual yeah. spiral inside my pussy. Mm, I'm doing yeah. it right now. Nice. Yeah. Thanks, Keely. Oh, well, thank you to all of our listeners out there. We love you, shameless sex revolutionaries. Remember. We're here. It's free to you, a free resource to find people like Keely and all the incredible guests that we have on the show that we carefully select. So we also carefully select all of our advertisers. So if you will, just sometimes don't fast forward the ads and buy the things. Uh, You get great deals. And I say that because uh, we love you and we want you to live your most beautiful, shameless selves. So, all right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday for another episode of Shameless Sex. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com and for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.